So you don't want me to say this is Rochelle Fields and then I've got Big Anklevich with me? You can do it. I don't know. We'll see. Hey everybody, this is Rish Outfield, and uh, this is the Rish Outcast, and uh, it seems like it's been a long time, but who cares? I've got a special guest here in the studio with me, in the non-existent studio, Big Anklovich, everybody. Hey everybody, how about this studio? It's really nicely decorated and everything in here, I'm, I'm impressed. De no, they're not decorations, they're just boxes of dirty clothes. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, at least you're, you know, making a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Is that what that expression is? I can't remember. That is. But... And that, that, that is also what you smell. Oh, is that what that is? Oh, geez. I was wondering. Hopefully the, the clothespin on my nose doesn't make my uh, audio on the story come out weird. But uh, whatever. It's your well, show. You know, that's okay if it comes <laughs> out weird. Do you remember we did a, a sketch called doctor's orders for for us it was a couple of weeks ago do you remember that in fact in fact i made you do it again <laughs> like two weeks later i do remember that yeah we did it live and in person as a rehearsal and then once i came back from vacation you're like hey let's do it again for real because <laughs> that one was crap well that may be the truth but i ended up using the first one because i just thought it was better with the two of us in the room together or in the car together just the timing was better and uh, i think there was there was more spontaneity or something like that but uh, there were a couple of lines that were just you couldn't understand and so i spliced in the re the redo lines in that well that works uh, and then i sent you the second version if you wanted to use that on your show did you uh i haven't yet but uh, maybe I'll do it uh, in November. Okay. Well, uh, check out the ankle cast sometime, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it's worth us doing it a second time. No guarantees <laughs> on this one, us doing it the first time, but this is, and it's not really a sequel to Doctor's Orders, but uh, we're playing the same characters. It's kind of a sequel, though, because it does expand upon one funny line that uh, was in there that you just you thought oh yeah i should i should take that and go with it and uh that's what we're doing yeah time will tell or keith Techlitz will tell whether that, that was worth following up on or not all right keith well here we go so this is called sleeping near the enemy by rish outfield Bjorn, is that you? Huh? I, I've been calling you. I turned off my phone. No, I, I mean, I've been calling your name. I saw you from across the park, and I was trying to get your attention. Some of those preteens actually looked up from their phones. Oh, sorry. What, what are you doing? Feeding pigeons? What pigeons? This isn't that kind of a park. Do you see any pigeons? I, I don't know. I, I was just trying to figure out what you were doing in the park at the same time. The World Championship Little League Handicapped Bowling Tournament is on television. Oh, that was today? Oh, must have slipped my mind. Oh, no. What's wrong, buddy? Problems with my wife. Oh, no. You guys struggling? Fighting? 
Well, not exactly. Uh, sort of. You're sort of fighting? What does that mean? No, no, we're not fighting. We get along great. You know that. Hmm. What does that hmm mean? Well, that hmm means that I think you're lying. You think I'm... I'm not lying. Hmm. Okay, fine. I'm lying. Things are not good. Between you and Gretchen. Between me and Gretchen. Shoot, that's, that's too bad. You two seem so happy. Yeah, that's exactly it. We seem happy, but then the lights go out. What does that mean? You having blackouts? Waking up in other people's yards? Or surrounded by human bones? No, it's a, a metaphorical lights out. And kind of literal, come to think of it. Oh, you having those kinds of marital troubles? If by those kinds you mean sexual dysfunction, then no. If by those kinds you mean I look for excuses to sleep in the guest room, then yes. But your guest room is horrible. Oh, oh those, those dolls. dolls. Yes, but it's worth it. In the guest room, I only have nightmares and the occasional erotic Barbie-related dream. There are worse things? As a matter of fact, there are. Well, well, you have to tell me now. Yeah, I suppose I do. So I told you that Gretchen talks in her sleep? Yes. She talks about cereal mascots, right? Well, it was the Pillsbury Doughboy, but yes, she sometimes has erotic dreams about him. Never mind. What's important is she doesn't remember the things that she says when she's sleeping, and they can often be hurtful. Like, don't sleep so close to me, or I wish you would stop snoring, that sort of thing? More like, my God, Bjorn, I wish you would be killed in a dump truck accident and I'd be allowed to pull the plug in the hospital. That sort of thing. Dump truck, huh? So specific. Yeah, and when she's awake and I question her about it, she tells me she doesn't have a problem with me, has no wish to see me harmed, and that my wiener is totally fine. And you don't believe her? It's not that. I do believe her. Even about the wiener thing? It's totally fine, Gerald. But I think Gretchen is happy with me when she's not sleeping. But at night, maybe her subconscious mind believes otherwise? Okay. And how does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel wonderful to hear my wife wishes Charles Manson still had followers so they could murder me. How do you think it makes me feel? Sorry, but I'm sure Charles Manson still has followers somewhere. I mean, at least as far That's as... That's not the point. The point is she's not herself when she goes to sleep. And it's only gotten worse. What do you mean? I mean, about a week ago, around four in the morning, I wake up to a full-on punch in the face. I honestly thought someone had broken in and was in the process of robbing us. There to steal my bottle caps and sell them on the black market. Jeez, oh, not the bottle cap collection again. There are some really valuable pieces in there. But no, I turn on the light and there was nobody in the room. Just Gretchen sleeping soundly. The hint of a smile on her face. A smile? Like she was faking sleeping? No, just the smile you have when you dream about Heather Locklear. Oh, I know that smile. 
I shook Gretchen awake and told her what had happened. And she denied it? Absolutely denied it. But she seemed hurt that I would suspect she'd hit me. Wait, she thought you were lying? No, she told me maybe I dreamed it. And when I showed her the blood on the inside of my lip, she suggested the house was haunted. Is it? Not anymore, no. We talked about that. Well, maybe we will again if we need a Halloween sketch. So, she apologized and said it must have been an accident. Like that time on our honeymoon when I accidentally touched her butt. And then she went back to sleep. And I waited for it to happen again, but it didn't. Until the next night. Another punch? Not this time. In a way, it was more disturbing. I woke up again. The clock said it was between three and four. Ah, the witching hour. Well, that's midnight. No, it's three o'clock. Most people who die pass away between the hour of three and four. Do you want to hear about my nipple or not? Nipple? Of course. Always. Please, go on. Uh, okay. So, it's three-something. Maybe the witching hour. And I feel Gretchen's hand on my chest. Are, are you sure it was Gretchen? That doesn't sound like her. Well, the hand was cold and somewhat moist, so yes, it was definitely her. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't a bad way to wake up in the morning. And then suddenly, she's twisting my nipple, like as hard as she could. It was more painful than I ever would have guessed, and I cried out. She twisted your nipple? Yeah, really badly. Here, you can see the bruising. Uh, dude, we're in a park. Oh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, I wake her up and tell her what happened, and again, she doesn't believe me. She thinks I dreamed it, which makes me really angry, but she tells me it wasn't her. And even if it was, it was an unfortunate, tragic accident, like our youngest child was. And she apologizes, which Gretchen really doesn't like to do, so I know she was sincere. Wow. I couldn't go to sleep again for a while after that. Gee, I, I don't know what to say. This is as bad as when Cheryl called me by my brother's name during lovemaking and then told me it was the only way she could get through her wifely duties. I remember. You told that at your brother's funeral. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I haven't gotten to the worst part yet. So a couple of nights later, after I'd relaxed enough to think the whole thing was over... I came awake to some white-hot pain under the covers. Oh, no. My eyes open, and Gretchen is hunched over me like a gargoyle, and she's grabbed onto my, uh, bag of marbles and started to squeeze as hard as she could. I flailed with my arms, nearly passing out from the pain, and managed to backhand her shoulder enough to snap her out of it. She woke up, confused, and wondering why I was doubled over the bed my face rubbing back and forth on the carpet. Why uh, was your face rubbing back and forth on the carpet? Because it hurt so bad. I hadn't injured my nuts so badly since Catholic school. You wouldn't believe how swollen they still are. P please, don't show me. We're in a park, dude. What do you take me for? Right, uh, sorry. I, I didn't think she was that strong. Oh, she was chimpanzee strong. I'm lucky to still be able to walk downstairs. And what did she say? She denied it, of course. Thought I'd had a bad nightmare like I did that time we rented the movie where Imelda Staunton takes her top off. But I convinced her it had been real, and she was the one doing it. 
She looked down at her hands, opening and closing them like they belonged to somebody else. And? And she said she didn't hate me and had no wish to see me suffer. Didn't even have anything against my genitals if it came down to it. And you believed her? Yeah, I did. But I was still scared. And once I'd crawled to the bathroom, I considered spending the rest of the night in there with the door locked. And did you? No, I went back to bed and had a fitful, uneven rest of the night. I admit that every time she moved next to me, I tensed up. Considered sleeping with a golf club to protect myself. Bjorn, dude, why didn't you just sleep on the couch? Because I knew it would be covered with flaming hot Cheetos and I didn't want to have to clean it off. Oh. But the next day, that's what I did. I made myself a bed on the couch and told her it was only temporary and fell right asleep. Something tells me this is not going to end well. I'll say. Around 4 a.m. I heard the floor creak and I opened my eyes just in time to see Gretchen standing above me, dropping something onto my body. It turned out to be this heavy iron doorstop her mad grandfather left her in his will. And I got my knee up just in time so it didn't crush my alligator bag. Bruised the hell out of my knee, though, and thumped hard enough onto the floor to wake her up. Again, she looks around, confused, wondering where she is and what she's doing down there. Bjorn, it's a... uh, not really my place, but maybe you should see a marriage counselor or something. I did! She told me it was my fault. How, How could it possibly be your fault? Uh, because of that rule I made when we're in the car... Of how the driver gets to pick the music we listen to. But uh, Gretchen could just choose to drive if it were that big a deal to her. I know, but she doesn't like to. She likes to put her legs up on the dashboard, and you can't do that when you're driving. And then, last night... Hey, Bjorn. Yeah? The honeymoon thing. Did you accidentally touch her butt? Dude, it was my honeymoon. Of course it was an accident. I wouldn't have wanted to ruin that weekend. Okay, I I guess that makes sense. But then last night, I got up out of the bathtub to put some ice on my junk. Wait, you, you slept in the bathtub? Yeah, it seemed safer. And I go into the kitchen to get the extra ice pack, and I noticed one of the big butcher knives is gone from the, you know, the thing. The drawer? No, the thing. Where you put knives? The, the knife rack. No, the big plastic fish above the toaster. What what big plastic fish above the It's got slots in it to put knives in. And the biggest, sharpest, scariest knife is missing. And I think, this might be very bad. Gee, you just now think it might be bad. I mean, this is where Ashley and Mary Kate sleep. And I wasn't just afraid for myself anymore. What did you do? I spent the night against the door of my daughter's room, just in case. That's, uh, pretty admirable. I don't want your pity, man. I said it was admirable. Okay, great. Thank you for that. What? Can I say something? Please do. Look, you gave it a good run, but I I think you should take this as a sign. What kind of a sign? That maybe you ought to leave. Leave the park? Leave the marriage. I mean, you know, get a divorce. A divorce? What? You think I should... What kind of a friend are you? Buddy, I I know it's hard, but... I love Gretchen. How dare you? 
If anything, this sickening advice gives me strength to give it another try. But you're nutsack. You're a nutsack. I'm headed back home right now, and I'm going to beg her to forgive me. For, for what? She's assaulting you. For going to the park. Forever doubting her. For eating all the cream cheese even though it was on her side of the fridge. Good day, Gerald. Man, I, I just wanted to help you. I said good day. Dude, you're limping. Oh, last night you hit me in the kneecap with a lawn gnome. Not even sure if she was asleep for that one. Oh. I'll see you later, Gerald. See you later, Bjorn. Well, there you go. That was Sleeping Near the Enemy. I wonder if anybody younger than us even remembers that reference. <laughs> or get, gets the title of that. I'm not sure if that's clever or not. You could just call it Sleeping With the Enemy, I guess, and people would be like, hey, that's... That sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> is that a, a play on something? I, I'm not sure. No, that is the real thing. Oh. Yeah, it's it's not one of those uh, movies that gets as much mention as it used to. Yeah, it's weird, but there's a cable network that remakes it every week. <laughs> That's true. I'm surprised, considering how every movie that comes out every week is basically a remake, that they haven't. Why have they not made Sleeping with the Enemy updated for modern audiences? You mean they'd be of different races? <laughs> Probably. Maybe some kind of an LGBT couple or something, too. I don't know. Should we cut that part out just so that you don't get the hate mail? No, I, I like hate mail. <laughs> So, well, thank you for doing that with me, for voicing Bjorn once again. No problem. Yeah, Bjorn's become my favorite character. I'm going to start adding him into all of my stories, too. Well, I wish that wasn't sarcasm. <laughs> so, uh, as Adam Sandler once said, this sketch was written for a reason. Oh. Uh, that last skit was written for a reason. If any of your buddies have fooled around with a 60-year-old man, don't throw them out of your car. Or you will die. Tell me more. I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, everybody listening should be intrigued, except for you. Because you're like, no, I know why you wrote this. I know all too well why you wrote this. And now I regret having told you those stories. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not... It's somewhat, but not totally. It's like this stuff. The funny thing is about this, you know, we've, we've talked numerous times on the dune steve about my wife's proclivity for saying things in her sleep or waking up and saying a thing or two and then not remembering it in the morning um and me just laughing about it do you remember when you said this and she goes what no I don't. and then i just can't help but laugh because it was a very funny thing that she said this isn't even the first story that you've written based on that. You did a, a story called Sleep Talking Gal, which was based on that whole thing where she would say things that she didn't remember, but then they turned out to be true, right? Or, or right. prophetic she, or whatever. Somehow when she was asleep, she could see the future. Yeah. The funny thing is that if we go back in the history of my marriage, no one has ever... Well, 
My wife has never been violent when she woke up in the middle of the night and freaked out and gasped. Because <gasps> that's something that she does a lot still is she wakes up and freaks out when I uh, am walking in, you know, for the night to go to bed. She'll wait, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm getting in bed. Did you expect something else? But apparently if you go way back at one point, there was a time, and I don't know what the deal was, if I was snoring or something and why she woke me up or how what the reason was behind me waking up but there was a time and this was also a time when my wife was pregnant too that she woke me up and I woke up and went like and like kicked her like lashed out and like kicked her and like knocked her down wait you you did like she startled you awake yes yeah she startled me awake and I I reacted that way which I don't remember that, so, you know. It's an apocryphal story. There may be no truth to it. She probably just made it up to make herself sound better. I don't remember you ever telling me this before. I haven't, I don't think, so that's why I figured I'd pull that one out. It was 20 years ago now, so it's been a long time. But yeah, she claims that that's what I did. I don't remember anything about it. There was a time when I woke up in the morning, had to pee, And she also woke up. So I went in and I went to pee and she got up and was like, oh, he's using the bathroom, so I can't use it. So she went to the kitchen and got a drink. And then when I came back from the bathroom and I look over and in the dark, I just see a person in our dining room standing there. I didn't realize that she had gotten up and gone in there. And I was seconds i was a a blink away from charging at her at full speed and tackling her onto the ground because i assumed she was somebody that had broken into my house uh and it wasn't until luckily i realized it was her before i tried that (laughs) because it wouldn't have gone well i can't remember if she was pregnant at that time too but hopefully she wasn't, but I think she might have been. I don't know. I just remember freaking out and also being kind of surprised that that was my reaction. You know what I mean? Like instead of trying to run or whatever you might think you would do if somebody has broken into your house, my (laughs) reaction was, I got to take this person down. I wonder if I would still react that way. That also was 20 years ago that I did that. So I guess I'm the one. Yeah, and we we did talk about that on the Dune, Steve. Yeah, I think so. But let's say that you had tackled her, and it was 20 years ago. (laughs) Would she have forgiven you by now? Well, I guess it depends on how much damage that I did in doing such a thing, you know? Like, for example, here's here's another story for you. We used to have a coffee table. It was a metal frame, but on top of it, it had just a big sheet of glass. The table itself was just a sheet of glass, right? This was before we even had any kids. And uh, we're, you know, being crazy and I'm young and energetic at the time so I'm being you know way more crazy than I could now dorking around and I'm jumping at her when she's sitting on the couch and she's like oh no and so she pulls her knee up to block me 
and she managed to deflect me and I fall down onto this glass coffee table and shattered my way through this glass coffee table. The whole thing just exploded into shards of glass and I fell through this coffee table. Now, I don't hold it against her, but the reason I don't hold it against her probably is because it, it didn't cut me. Somehow it shattered in and I fell in a way that it wasn't a big deal. Had, you know, a big shard of glass stabbed through my abdomen and left me in need of a kidney or something like that, then maybe I would really hold that against her still to this day or something. But because nothing actually happened, it's just a funny story that Every now and then we'll talk about, but for the most part, we've even kind of forgotten about it. So if I tackled her that time and she was pregnant and I caused a miscarriage or I tackled her and knocked her into the wall and she bashed her head and had to get like 20 stitches or something like that, or I just, I don't know, broke her arm or something like that, then yeah, she, she might hold it against me, I would think. But uh, if it just turned out to be, you know, I knocked her flat and she was breath knocked out of her or something, but then got up and was fine, she probably would have forgiven me. It all all depends on the circumstances, I think. Well, I I think we did talk about that. We did a a Patreon-only episode of The Outcast a few years back where I told a story about a glass coffee table and you told your story, but I can't remember. I mean, if, if you had injured her in that accident and then you go to the hospital, the emergency room, the looks you would have gotten. <laughs> right. And when she's just like, no, it was totally an accident. It was, it was just a household accident. It could have happened to anyone. And they're like, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, Mrs. Ankelvich, is it? Can we talk to you just, just alone for a minute? Yeah, right. They'd be like, I'm sorry, Mr. Anklovich, we're going to need you to step out of the office, please. Actually, uh, security, can you can you escort Mr. Anklovich back to the waiting room and stay by his side? <laughs> and I, yeah, that, I feel like there's a, a, a point, like if you had the merit miscarriage thing is dark, dude, only you would go there uh, in a story, <laughs> a, a story for children, too. What the F? <laughs> but uh, once once you pass like a certain point, it can't it's not funny anymore. You know, if you had broke your leg and it would still pain you on cold mornings or you still had a, a, a gnarly scar or something like that, or one of your boys was irreparably damaged, you can't laugh it off anymore. Right. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It, right now, it is a, an amusing story, which I'm sure you've told before, you know, at parties and stuff. But luckily, it was just what might have been kind of thing. Right. But like the tackling of her in the kitchen thing, because you didn't do it, it is like this admirable almost story, <laughs> you know. And, it, and I remember you saying, well, I know what would happen if somebody threatened my kids or my podcast. And, you know, it's just like <laughs> now I know this about myself. And I thought that that was cool. But <laughs> you managed to not attack your wife in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so it's still 
is something that you can boast about. <laughs> right. But the second that you do attack your wife in the middle of the night, yeah, the high ground is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the case. But I, I think it's funny that you wrote this story the way it is since there is an actual example. I mean, it's based, like we said, you know, on my wife and her habits of waking up freaked out or saying things that don't make sense in the middle of the night or talking in her sleep, that kind of stuff. And yet, of the two of us, I'm the one that actually once kicked at her when I was woke up that way. So I think it's kind of funny that you took it there. But that was just based basically on the line from the last episode, the last sketch, whatever, that we did, where he... He has just this throwaway line of waking up in the middle of the night after his wife has punched him as hard as she can in the nuts. You know, it's just like one of those throwaway lines like, you know, in this story where you have like the bottle caps or or whatever, you know, it's just a little silly thing. But you were inspired to take it (laughs) all the way. That's fun, I think. I think that's really cool that, that you could do that, that you can make a sequel you know, what What else can Bjorn and... I think I'm Gerald. Gerald, that's right. Bjorn and Gerald. What can Bjorn and Gerald talk about further? What other horrible things can beset Bjorn in his sad, <laughs> sad life? At least he's eating bacon all the time. No, I think I'm the one that ate bacon. Bjorn is you. I'm Gerald. Oh, you were the one that was eating the bacon. Oh, shoot, I forgot. It's been too long. <laughs> Well, I guess Bjorn's got nothing right, to be happy about. Right, but I was the then. one that... Just being punched in the nuts in the middle of the night is <laughs> the only thing to look forward to. Well, we'll see if if we come up with uh, more things for those two characters to talk about. I just like the idea that they meet in a park in every one of the sketches. It's like a recurring Saturday Night Live sketch where it's like, okay, right. we'll put the park set up again. But... Um, going back to our conversations over the years of the things that your wife has said to you or tried to do to you. And it's just like, who even owns a straight razor in the 21st century? (laughs) But how is it you've never written any stories about that? I don't know. I guess I haven't been. You stole it already. It was too late. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Never got inspired by that specific thing to write a story. Of course, I never write anything, so there's that. I come up with an idea, maybe, but I don't put it to paper. Right, but by the time this episode comes out, you're going to be writing every single day. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Or, like a monstrous douche, you will have given up after a week. How long is it going to be before this episode comes out? Will I even still be among the living by that point? Oh, no. What do our listeners not know? No, I just, I don't know. You you always take like... I don't know! Months to years to get episodes out sometimes. You're all, every time I listen to a Rish Outcast, it's like, Hey, everybody, boy, it sure is cold right now. And I'm like, but but it's July. Like, oh, it's freezing. I, I had I haven't been able to go to the cabin for months because the snow is piled 16 feet tall. But that's the way it is in 2017. I'm like, but it's 2023. Because well. <laughs> you record so many of them that you can't uh, ever catch up. I don't know. I was just wondering. <laughs> I don't know. 
if if I limited my show to once a month like you do, I suppose they would be topical, but I'm afraid I can't do that, Hal. Or Dave. I couldn't even quote that right. That's all right. Everybody knew what you meant. Um, um, yeah, that is kind of the plan. That is my idea is to get back to writing. If it comes out soon, if you sat down and you started editing on this episode right now and then you put it out as soon as you were done, by that time I should be writing every day and I'll be in the first phase, which is just write every day, baby. Doesn't see if I can I'll, I'll try and lead into that in a generic way so that you can hopefully cut it into whatever I was saying before okay um yeah if you get this if you get this episode edited uh soon you know if you cut it I won't immediately and then put it out as soon as you finished editing it then I would still be in like the first stage of the writing ramp up I guess it is which is when the goal is to write every day. doesn't matter how much. Just something, anything. could be just 10 words if that's all I can squeeze in. But, you know, it's the idea of getting myself in the habit. And then in December, it'll be 500 words a day. And then January, it'll be 1,000 words a day. And then it'll just be 1,000 words a day from then on. Unless, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I can uh, really get going and push myself to go for a higher count like 1500 or 2000 words that would be neat to try but i think it'll it'll be a little bit before i get there <laughs> but if i do get there i can write all those stories uh before you steal them from me you know all the stories about my wife talking in her sleep and stuff like that okay i mean it sounds like a challenge but you're only challenging yourself <laughs> in the race of life the only person you're uh, racing against is yourself yeah it, it's i mean i'm just doing things like i did before i'm just irritated with myself for letting it go you know what i mean i've done that a few times where i've ramped myself up and gotten to writing a thousand words a day this would be the like the fourth time that i've been doing that the other three times obviously i stopped doing that and i went back to writing nothing so Hopefully this will be the last time that I have to ramp up and I will stick with it. That is the plan. My old shit ends here today, is as Blink-182 recently inspired me with the line of. I don't know why I'm saying that on your show, though. Nobody here cares. They were only here for Rish Outfield. They're like, Big Anklevich, who's that guy? I don't know. Are you out of your never, mind? Never heard of him. Oh, I would guess that the episodes you appear on have a big bump in downloads and people pleasuring themselves. It's, mm, it's. Uh, I'm sure they do. It's something that we could never ever verify, but still. Yeah, they get they get at least ten more downloads than usual. I'll take it. Okay, well, we've actually been recording for an hour, but the listeners would never know this. Uh, I guess we'll uh, call it a night, and uh, I will let you go to bed, because your new schedule means that you have to go to bed now. Yeah, that's true. Although I did have a nap today, because my new schedule was off schedule, so we'll see what happens with that. What time did you wake up this morning, just for the listeners' <sighs> pleasure? It was 2.30 in the morning. Wow. I had to get up to cover for somebody who was taking a day off on the morning show. Apparently they had to go to a wedding or something like that. 
So she was off and there was nobody to replace her except for me. It used to be that they would get the other morning show guy to come in, but now they're like, hey, you can just shift your schedule, come in super early, work eight hours, and then go home early and not get any overtime. Let's do that instead of bringing somebody in overtime. Yay. Huh. So, yeah, I get the joy of coming in super early, screwing my schedule all up for nothing, not for anything extra, just because good times. Well, thank you for showing up on my show and doing those lines. No problem. And for telling me intimate stories that you probably shouldn't tell me. <laughs> because by now you should know that they will end up in a story. Film. That's right. Next story, Rish writes, is going to have a guy getting pushed through a glass coffee table. Yeah, butt first. And losing a kidney. He's going to lose his left butt cheek, which was the better one. Ah. Oh. That was the one that was still round. Thank you. Uh, hey, let people know where they can find you in case somehow they didn't know. Okay. Uh, for that, those people who are like, who is this big Anglovich guy? Gosh, I wish he would stop showing up on this show. I guess for you guys, you don't care because you're not going to go find out. But for those people who are like, hey, this big Anklevich guy is interesting. I, I still... He sure sounds handsome. I still do my podcast, uh, which is called the ankle cast what the crap and uh you can find that on like itunes wait itunes isn't even a thing anymore is it you can find it on apple podcasts i think is what it's called now or you can find it on your zoom <laughs> you can find it in most places and if there is a place that you can't find it and you use that please let me know so that i can like get on there and make sure to get it added to that service because i don't know what services people use but anyways yeah you can find it on those if you want to check out my patreon it is patreon.com slash big and you can get all of my episodes of the ankle cast a week earlier than everyone else gets that's one of those amazing perks that you get on uh, the ankle cast patreon and uh, yeah, you can also find my blog, which nobody cares about because it's boring as hell. That's at uh, blogspot.bigankovich.com. Is that what it is? Bigankovich.blogspot.com. There we go. And uh, yeah, you can check that out. What a douche. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Well, have a good night and enjoy being stuck in traffic. <laughs> I will do my best. Thanks for having me. See you guys later. We'll see you next month, I guess, on your show. There we go. Or last month on your show. You, <laughs> you know how long it takes for me to get these out. All right. Good night. See ya. The Rish Outcast is presented under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives license. That license enables you to share the file with anyone, but not to charge for it or alter it. A license to kill, by the way, enables me to kill anyone I please, whenever I please. You judge which is better. Oh, and thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for his music. Now there's a real man. Thank you.
waking up in the middle of the night after his wife has punched him as hard as she can in the nuts. You know, it's just like... I, I, it's not that I have to kick you in the nuts. I want to kick you in the nuts. Can in the nuts. Can in the nuts. Can in the nuts. Whoa! In the nuts. That's weird. Did you hear it? It said can in the can in the can in the nuts. And I'll be in the first phase, which is just right every day, baby. Doesn't... Oh, there's somebody at the door. But they shaved in a haircut. It's got to be for your kid. I think Rish is right.